Welcome to Being Experiential Podcasting. I am Bethany Evans, and with me is my co-host, Erin Pruitt. So we are committed to offering inspiring, insightful content that awakens the mind, body, and spirit as a transformative experience for you, our listeners. And welcome, everyone. And we are super excited today because we have Matt Coulter here with us, who's our first guest and is bringing some testosterone. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> we, we need it. <laughs> and the reason why we have Matt is today we're talking about the spirit of giving back. And when Bethany and I were talking about who could we bring on, I swear, I was like, well, there's this gentleman, Matt, in Ventura County, who also works in LA and all over. You're going to hear shortly. And I started telling Bethany, I'm like, he started at one, two, three, three, maybe four nonprofits. Wait, four foundations. Shit. I don't know how many he has started and contributed to. So Matt, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm the first guest. This is sick. <laughs> I, I, we're so, ex- yeah, we're so excited. We're honored and, to have you here. I know. And we kind of feel lazy because once we started talking about, before we jumped on, Matt was kind of saying, well, I started these, but I'm also, there's like 27 others. Like what the hell? Yeah, so but- here's the thing, Matt, just give us like for those of us who are not as um, like amazingly Mr. Philanthropy oh, as geez. you are, is <laughs> what are the top things that you're doing now that you want to share with our listeners that are part of the Give Back nonprofit? Because we also know we'll get into a podcast, we'll get into your restaurant owning. Yeah. He, he does it all. Watch out. People might be messaging us to get you if you're single on dates so just so I, you know i am single Ooh, okay yeah, ladies I mean, you know forget the podcast let's just go straight into like <laughs> that's so like much more fun connection. yeah <laughs> that, that will be in our intuitive hits after our intuitive hits. Ooh, yay back we'll, we'll get we'll dive into all yes. that okay okay please good. Whatever time you have after, you know, saving the I'm world. Sure you can call my mom or my sister. <laughs> inside as well. Oh my God. I love where this is going. Okay, good. So after we'll do intuitive hits, we'll talk about Matt's love life or how to get it yeah. uh, going. So to, but until then. Going real Matt, sideways real quick. I know. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Watch out. You're with two air signs that that's totally our jam. Yeah. And, uh, love and the, romance. we have zero boundaries also. So yeah. Watch out. So. So with that, Matt, what, what are you creating now? What are you into? What do you want to share? So I think for me, there's, uh, you know, during this time, I think everybody is dealing with 2020 uh, as best they can. I think we're all kind of mm-hmm. in that same boat together. Um, I think there's been a lot of things over, the, over this first part of the year that I think has highlighted our country in a lot of ways that probably aren't the best things. But um, I think the, the, the most important thing is, with growth, with change, with hopefully updating our society, it, it was never going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and so that just kind of, I think, has set the tone for 2020. And and for me, and kind of my livelihood and what I do, um, you know, my umbrella company, 143 Collective, uh, I formed back in 2017, I believe. Um, it was really just a, a place for me to have my creative outlet and, and a place to kind of turn and you know, I really have dedicated my life to loving other people and, and creating organizations and programs and relationships to help kind of further that mission. Um, you know, our, our, our hashtag for, for 143 Collective is keep love alive and, and really just try to approach that um, every day with what we do. And so we've got, gosh, we've got a, a, quite a few programs and new nonprofits being formed and then doing a lot of work with a lot of um, nonprofits that are pivoting, are transitioning into kind of 
uh, new and more current kind of themes. And, and so my days are pretty busy with that. We're working uh, with a company called Allied Action that was formed out of just creating educational opportunities for people to learn more about stuff that they don't understand culturally, you know, from, from race, from sex to everything. And, and really super proud of, of my work there with Allied Action and really just kind of creating, helping create a, an avenue for people to be better. And, and mm. I think that's what we all want, right? We all want to, we're all working on different things, whether it's, you know, a restaurant or a podcast or, or a foundation, we all are striving to be the best versions of ourselves. And so yeah. um, my kind of company really helps kind of in that philanthropic space when, when companies or individuals or um, brands, movements want to kind of create that opportunity within their community. Um, mm. I've kind of created a little niche for myself and, and kind of uh, my brand and my board members that we just try to really kind of fill that void and, and help people where we can. So it's been, um, it's been pretty cool, but I think, you know, for us, it's, it's kind of the education of, of, you know, being anti-racist is mm. part of, of some of the stuff programs I've been working on. And then kind of more traditionally, you know, I've got, I'm the president of the beautiful foundation, which is a, a foundation dedicated to women fighting cancer. Um, and as crazy as this country has been, obviously with COVID, with mm-hmm. George Floyd, with, with all the atrocities that have gone on in 2020, you know, cancer doesn't care. Cancer doesn't yeah. stop. Um, you know, if, if you're in the middle of that fight, that's what's going on in your world. So everything else kind of falls along by the wayside. So we've got a, uh, the beautiful foundation, which we do a multitude of things, but we were really specific kind of in the salon and beauty industry. So we have a, a hair donation program. Anybody anywhere in the country can donate their hair 10 inches or more. We take extensions, excuse me. We take, um, obviously virgin hair, but then we take colored hair, bleached hair, anything that you can kind of throw at us, we take. And then we have a a wig program where we donate wigs to cancer patients uh, all across the country. We work with, uh, like 16 or 17 different hospitals kind of strategically placed across the, across the country. And our whole thing is really kind of making sure those that maybe don't have the resources to, to get a quality wig or, or to get a wig at all, we can kind of step in and fill that void. And we've got a great community of people and, and salons and stylists that have supported us for a, a while now. We started in 2017, but really just trying to strategically set ourselves up for, for after COVID because mm-hmm. I've been a little bit at a standstill just because everybody's dealing with, with what's kind of directly in front of them. So um, that's kind of taken up some time. And then, like I said, we've got as, as our little organization, I think we've got like 10 programs in the works, um, from a golf tournament coming up that we're working with Remax, um, all the way to, um, you know, we've got some, we have an organization out, uh, on the East coast called making lemonade fund. Um, it's, I love that name. Yeah. 400, 400 plus college students at 80 campuses. Wow. Um, created making lemonade fun as a, you know, kind of a, a response to COVID, you know, kids mm-hmm. being displaced, you know, before colleges were shut down and all that stuff. Um, led by uh, a dear friend of mine, Jesse Kay, uh, and his, and his partner in it, Alex, and then also Jay. And gosh, they raised like $130,000 in a month. All wow. And so I was so lucky enough to kind of get brought in for the, the expertise of the nonprofit space and kind of helping, you know, the, the collaboration with Feeding America, the CDC, and then um, Direct Relief was the other foundation that we benefited. So, you know, my days are pretty freaking crazy. So 
um, that's just kind of a, a broad overview of what I do. And um, yeah, I think for me, it's, you know, I feel real lucky to wake up in the morning and, and get to do something I'm passionate about. So, um, so cool. one, four, three collective. So one of the things we kind of talked about is, you know, I have a background in nonprofit. I pretty much think Bethany, you being an instructor in education, it's a nonprofit with a lot of funkiness. <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, yeah, sure. I agree. We don't get paid <laughs> enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I used to coach school districts and I would come out and people were like, you look like you went through a war. I'm like, isn't they have so many rules and so many like stuff to overcome. Yeah. But what's the difference, Matt, if you can explain to us the difference, like it's a collective, which made me, I love the name because it really is about everyone having a part, but what's the difference between a foundation? Like what is it, what is one, four, three as a foundation able to do that maybe me and my nonprofit, or if I'm able to donate a resource, why one, four, three as a foundation, as a collective, like behind that. The naming for me, 143 Collective, was I'm 39, so I went, you know, I understand the world pre-internet, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, kind of that last generation to really experience not growing up with the internet. Like, I remember, like, turning on AOL, taking a shower, and coming back, and it's still loading. Oh. So, um, I had a pager. And I thought I was so fucking cool, and I wasn't. But the only person we were, we were cool, we were cool with that. Yeah, and Come I had one of the red, like clear ones you could see. Mm-hmm. Oh. A, it was only on like every other month because that's all I could afford. <laughs> B, the only person that paged me was my mom, and she would only page me pager code one four three, which means I love you. Yeah. So I always oh. wanted to do something with that, and so when I was thinking about what I wanted 143 Collective to be, it, it really was a place for my mind to kind of run wild. I, I do have probably uh, a great attribute and a great curse all at the same time as I just have ideas literally all day long. And I'm going to say 99% of them are absolute dog shit. And yeah. then <laughs> usually 1% that maybe there's something in there. And so I wanted a place to be able to kind of put those ideas in. And also I wanted to be able to take the relationships that I've built because so many of the relationships that I have in my life are, have come from philanthropic work and have been, have, you know, become solidified from doing positive work in our communities together, whether it was our community here in Ventura, California, or, you know, one of the many nonprofits that I've worked with across the country. And so I wanted to be able to have a place to put all of that. And Mm -hmm. so 143 Collective is a registered 501c3 nonprofit. We are absolutely that. And my whole thing was I wanted to not only help my friends of influence if they wanted to create their own foundation, but I just wanted to give them an education and an insight into what that actually meant. And, and also going, hey, you don't have to necessarily create your own nonprofit. Mm-hmm. You can actually create wonderful programs within something like 143 Collective that we can host it. We can take care of the back end. We can really solidify that stuff and allow you, the influencer, the person with the idea to really go, hey, I'm super passionate about education. Mm-hmm. How, how can I work with 143 Collective to kind of heighten that? And how can I do it in a way to where, you know, I'm not gonna quit my job and just do this, but with my collaboration, with a partnership with 143 Collective, they can help me kind of deal with the stuff that's not so fun to deal with, the unsexy part of the nonprofit yeah. stuff. But then I can be the face of it. I can help lead the charge. I can help bring people in. And so created a lot of great relationships in that space. And so 143 Collective was just a way for me to take all of that stuff and put it under one, one umbrella and be able to kind of 
have me, you know, I have the attention span of like an ant. So <laughs> I, when I wake up in the day and, and how my day kind of goes, it just kind of goes, I work on one thing until I'm sick of it. And then I go, okay, actually I've got five things over here I can do now and maybe come back. And so that's really kind of how my days are structured. Um, and it's actually, it sounds chaotic, but it's actually really efficient. And it allows me in my creativity to kind of be where it needs to be every time I'm working on something new. So, um, yeah. So that is something, because I wanted just you to share with listeners that like where you started and where you came, like where's the passion behind, because you didn't come from the nonprofit world. You no. came from very much for profit. Yeah, the opposite. <laughs> um, you know, I, I went to college, got out of college and kind of got right into the family business. My dad had been in real estate and insurance and development my whole life. So I kind of grew up in that space. All of his closest friends for the most part are in that industry some way or fashion and so when I moved home from college like everybody I kind of like moved back in with my parents and I quickly learned I was there like three weeks I'm like nope there's <laughs> no way this is gonna work nope. <laughs> uh ended up staying there like six months but and I love my parents I've got great relationships with my mom and my dad my stepmom and everything it just was you know you get home from college and you're you're an adult yeah. And all of a sudden your parents are like, where are you going? When are you coming home? Yes. Wait, they want to treat you like a child still. Like, yeah. Like, and I'm like, Come okay, on. see you never. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You start <laughs> acting like a child. Basically. Yeah. Your mom's like, one, four, three, one, yeah. four, three, clean up your room. Yeah. yeah just <laughs> um, and so one of my dad's friends, you know, knew I was home, kind of took me out for lunch. It's like, what are you doing? Like, let's figure this out. Uh, that lunch turned into a job offer kind of jumped right into kind of uh, real estate and, and over the kind of that next four or five, six years, um, really kind of carved out a really good space for myself there. Um, but in that time frame, I uh, had, a, had a close friend, loved one get diagnosed with cancer. Um, and that's really kind of what spurred my, my philanthropic kind of endeavors. But to be perfectly honest with you, I think it was... Um, going through that change and that decision to go from I'm running, I'm working in the real estate space and that's what I kind of do. And then I run, you know, a nonprofit on the side. When I made that decision to kind of, you know, that six or eight months timeframe where I really was like thinking about what do I want my life to be? And for me, I had a lot of, I had a lot of success early. Mm -hmm. and, and, I got, a, I got a lot of material stuff that I thought, wow, like if I get this by the time I'm 40, um, I'll be successful or whatever the hell yeah. that yeah. is, you know? Mm -hmm. And I got that stuff at like 23. And so I say it now because I've unpacked it and I understand it, that I'm so thankful that I got that experience in my 20s because there's a lot of people that chase that idea of, I got a sick house. I got a yeah, sick wash. Yeah. Now I have a car, this vacation. Ooh, I need a better car. I need rims on that. I need a boat. Ooh, this house is old now. I need a better one or I need a vacation. It never fucking stops. Yeah. yeah. And I like, st I like nice stuff just like everybody, but that's what I was chasing. Mm -hmm. And the second that I figured out that life, whatever this is, isn't just about me. When I figured that out, everything changed. And I can say it now and it feels like I, oh, I figured it out and then my life was different. It took me a really long time to unpack it all. Um, but once I did, I really kind of figured out that all the joy, all the things that I really found value in 
it wasn't stuff. It was like moments and, and the opportunity to do something for somebody else. And that's only grown as I've done it more and more and more. And so for me, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to not only be mentored, I have a bunch of mentors, but I also have the opportunity to mentor some, some kids, young men from the next generation and young women. Um, and I always tell them, let the money be the byproduct. Like, don't let that be the focus. Cause if it's the focus, it's not going to be fulfilling. It might be for a second. Like you get a sick car. Of course you're going to be psyched. You're going to be like, yeah. this is the raddest thing ever. And then six months go by and you go, okay, cool. It gives me A to B just like any other car would. And so I figured out if I can wake up every day and do something that I'm passionate about that I would do regardless of whether I was getting paid or not. If you can figure out a way to get paid to do that, that's at least for me ideal. And so, you know, over the last really kind of the last four or five years, I've really dug into that space and, you know, I'm seeing the dividends of that now uh, from mm. a standpoint of relationships and just a lot of the stuff that, you know, I've been a part in helping create because none of the stuff that, that I do or anybody sees through 143 Collective or any of the other nonprofits. Yeah, I'm a part of it, but there's so many people in moving parts and in all these different foundations and endeavors. So um, yeah, I feel lucky to, to kind of lucky to wake up and be a part of that puzzle, I guess. So when you're talking about that, you kind of, you've unpacked it. There's in this journey, especially in the last four years, if you were to bullet point, like, so I'm listening to you going, Oh my gosh, yes. I want purpose. I want to wake up and be excited. But if you were to kind of give me the beginner's bullet point guide, just in your own experience, could you give us like key things that a listener would be listening to for like, how to have a life that you have where it feels purposeful and where you're just turned on to give back and to contribute whatever those gifts are. Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, yeah. So don't uh, fuck it up. I, <laughs> I'm on like, like my fourth cup of coffee. <laughs> you're going to get what you're going to get. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but with that said, I think that kind of goes back to what I was just saying. Um, and here, and, and this was, I think, even before we, we hit record. Yeah. Um, I'm selfish. Mm. And, and I'm selfish in, a, in the way of I'm really committed to what I want to do. And I think, I think we get lost sometimes. I did, right? All of a sudden, you end up in a job and you're like, how did I end up here? And for me, um, I got into this really unique position to where I was really good at something that maybe I wasn't really passionate about it. And mm -hmm. so weird to get praise and to see the material kind of, you know, uh, material things that come along with that success and to get it and still feel like, Ooh, like I don't even really even care about what I do. And yeah. so I think if I was going to bullet point one thing, it would be, figure we all know what we love to do right mm -hmm. it's that gut it's that it's those things that like wake you up in the morning or make you cry when you see it on facebook or, or whatever yeah. it is right whatever that passion is like if there's a way for you to chase that that to me is what it's about because i think what happens is we all do it right in some capacity we make a choice we make a decision mm -hmm. and i tell young people this all the time like try to make your early decisions about your career path because look at the end of the day we're all going to have to have jobs yeah <laughs> we all have to yeah. create 
revenue yeah. to pay our bills, to let us live our lives and stuff like that. But as a young person, especially when you're not married and you don't have kids, mm -hmm. if there's an opportunity for you to find something that you would do for free and you yeah. can figure out a way to be creative in that space, whether it's directly or indirectly, and then you can carve a way for yourself to get paid to do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Wake up. And whether that's serving humanity or serving your family or serving a mm -hmm. community, whatever it may be, if you can figure out a way to wake up and do that every day. And, and I don't care what it is. Yeah. For me, it's, it's philanthropy and building programs and, and relationships and stuff like that, but it could be anything. You could be a clothing mm -hmm. designer. You could be an artist. You could be a teacher. You could be any, anything. Yeah. There's, there's some point in all of us as we become, you know, from little kids to, you know, you know, teenagers to young adults and then adults. It's like at some point we, we stop chasing what we love to do and mm -hmm, start yeah. chasing stuff that we're being told we should care about. Yeah, and I yeah. did more practical. Yeah, I did it. I was like, Oh, cool. Come out. I get a nice job. Cool. I get to dress up and go to work every day and all this other shit. And all of a sudden you're in it and you're like, how did I end up here? Yeah. Like, I just want to get in the ocean every day. And like, you know, and, and all of a sudden, like all this stuff happens. Now for me, I, I didn't get married. I didn't have kids. So when I started to figure out that, Ooh, like maybe I don't like this. It was a, it was a selfish decision that I could make. Right. I could go, mm -hmm. like, this is not what I want my life to be. And then you can slowly start to pivot and make that change. And, and like I said, I've kind of digested all of this now, but in the mm. moment, it's like, you're just trying to do what's in front of you. But I think it's really important to figure out what you're passionate about. And for me, regardless of what you believe in or don't believe in, in this life, I kind of go, you get kind of get one go around, at least from what I understand. Mm -hmm. um, you might as well figure out a way to do something you really love. Yeah. yeah, which is selfish. And I think a lot of people in, are in society were conditioned to have like this negative feeling about what selfish means. And you realize it, like I realized it when I became a mother that I have to be selfish. Otherwise I can't take care of my son the way that I want to take care of him. You take care of yourself first. Exactly. That's and people don't see it that way. Like, well, it's just, we're conditioned not to see it that way. No, and, and, and you're very right about the, um, how we view selfishness. Mm -hmm. I think we mix up the idea of selfishness. Ooh, hold on a, a second. Um, uh, hold on. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Phone call. Um, <laughs> He's very important. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, uh, shit, I just lost my train of thought. Gosh. Selfishness. Is we misguided oh, by. Oh. Selfishness is a bad thing. Right. For me, it's, the selfishness isn't the, isn't the bad thing. It's the transparency of selfishness. Yes. It, I'm, I tell people this all the time. I'm incredibly selfish in regards to my work and, and the passions that I have in my life. Like mm -hmm. those things come first. Yeah. Um, and, and I put those in front of a lot of things. And sometimes I even put it in front of my own happiness. Mm -hmm. and, but, but that goes into what you're saying, right? I think it's an incredible balance to find that idea of serving yourself first so that you can serve others, yeah. right? It's mm -hmm. like, it's cheesy, but it's like when you go on the airplane, right? And they always yeah. tell you, put your oxygen mask on first and then put it on your kid. And yeah. it's a dumbass analogy. But if you really think about it, the only way that you can give to others is if you have enough to give. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think it's important to, to make sure that you're, you know, actively and, and thoughtfully, you know, trying to be in that space as much as you can. 
So I'm curious. So you, just this journey you've been on, who would you say has helped you along the way or has there's been resources? Like where do you keep your motivation or who has like, if you could share with anyone personally or if you followed someone or you read a book, like where, where were you, where do you get inspired? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I think like, got to give out a, a shout out to the parental unit, you know, they, <laughs> the Scott, the yeah, Scottish my, my dad, you know, my stepmom, Barbara, my, my mom, you know, even, you know, I've got two sisters. Um, I think my motivation comes from them because I think just like anybody, like you, you, you don't want to let those people down. You want those people to be mm. proud of you. So I think that's a, that's a huge part of kind of my individual kind of motivation. Um, in regards to like people I look to or stuff that I've read, um, gosh, that's, that's like a, a laundry list. Like it, it, it's a huge, I'm a big reader. Uh, yeah. I've been a reader since college and, and kind of never left me. And so, I mean, this sounds kind of nerdy, but like, I don't think it's nerdy. I'm reading probably two or three books a week. Like Jesus um, Christ. all the time. <laughs> I'm excited that I do two or three a month, but you, no, like yeah. I just, but that's just like, for me, like I find a lot of joy in that and I'm reading everything. Like some of it's good. Some of it's awful, but I just mm. enjoy that. Um, because I, I think for me, it's, it's the enjoyment, but I also have to produce so much content for all the brands and all the nonprofits and all the things that I'm doing and reading really stimulates that creativity mm, for me. Yeah. Um, Do you so, have like one or two books that maybe have stood out that like changed you or like you, after you read it, you went into a completely uh, new direction? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's been quite a few books. Um, you know, Tony Dungy, who is the coach of uh, Indianapolis Colts, the football mm -hmm. team, NFL mm -hmm. football team for a long time, has an an incredible book. He's a very spiritual, very religious man. Um, I don't necessarily subscribe to everything that he talks about in that space, but his leadership skills and his communication skills are renowned. And so I think from a leadership standpoint, I look mm -hmm. at that book a lot and just how he kind of chooses his, his course um, is really, really good. Um, all the agreement books, the four agreements, mm -hmm. all those. Oh, yeah. I kind of got, you know, a funny story about that is I had the four agreements book for 10 years, um, had it forever. My mom told me to read it. I've had multiple people. And it was like one of those books that I read that I got and it just kind of was at the bottom of the pile and I never, ever got to it. And then was talking to a friend recently and she referenced it. And mm -hmm. I was like, what? I, fuck, I just need to read that book. It's literally yeah. book pile forever. Yeah. And I read the whole thing in, in the first night. And <laughs> I just was like, got done with it. And I called my mom and I was like, I got my mouth from my mom. She's going to be pissed that I said that, but I called her. I was like, are you f fucking kidding me? How did you not like just shake me and go, you have to read this right now. And <laughs> that book has been really profound uh, for me. And I read it just at the beginning of this year. Um, so that thing, and there's a lot of things that kind of a lot of threads from that book that were already kind of in my life. And I didn't know, but reading that kind of really kind of, um, clarified it for me a little mm -hmm. bit so i think that book is fantastic um and then um gosh i think there's a lot of podcasts and a lot of things that i listen to that i, I mean i'm a J joe rogan fan so mm -hmm. um joe rogan got a i gotta follow him you're the third person i think this month to talk about joe rogan Especially and i'm like what you guys are doing now with long form that's what he yeah. does so, yeah 
and he's, you know, um, some people like him, some people don't, but he's, inc- he's a great interviewer because he, mm-hmm. listens. yeah, and he's, whether he agrees with you or disagrees with you, he's very um, conscious about the questions and the way mm. he goes about his interviews and his podcast. So he's super talented in that space. Um, you know who, what a great podcast is if you're music at all. Mm. It, um, I think Broken Lines, it's with Malcolm uh, Gladwell. And- oh, and Rick Rubin. I don't know who this. I is. have a. I crush on Malcolm Gladwell's brain. How the man yeah, thinks. So outliers. Out talking yeah. about outliers was something I read. I think. I think the second day it came out or whatever. Okay. I read through that book pretty quickly, and he's he's obviously got a he's incredibly intelligent and, and has yeah. a lot of great books. So I think anything from him is is pretty fantastic. Yeah. But I really like Outliers. Um, mm-hmm. not necessarily for the 10,000 hours and all the kind of normal stuff that people talk about yeah. in that book, but there's just a tremendous amount of insight into kind of, um, the amount of, uh, the amount of passion and the amount of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Commitment. Dedication. Yeah, the commitment mm. that you have to have to whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. I think we live in this day and age of everybody wants everything easy. Yeah. Shit ain't easy. (laughs) That book gave me freedom. Go, oh, wait, I'm only, I'm no wonder I'm not hitting my stride until like my early 40s. I needed all this time for the 10,000 out. It just gave me like a freedom of like, of course I'm not killing it. And you like, you got to know that like, I don't care what you're doing. You got to work your face off. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Mm -mm. Very few people do. Yeah. True. So, want a handout. Well, everything's instant gratification now. Like we can have everything at our fingertips. So 15 seconds at a time. Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, fucking YouTube. Like, oh my God. (laughs) Exactly. Like it's just all this stuff instantly all the time. Exactly. We don't have a big enough of a sample size to understand if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And I'm putting my stake in the ground going, we could be 10 years from now going, Remember when we were consuming that amount of information all day, every day? Yeah. Like, there's no way that's good. Oh, it's yeah. the same. Like, look how long it took us as a society to figure out that we needed to have seatbelts in our cars. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> it's it was, so true. It was in the 80s that we still were like, was I was, I'm thinking arguing. of car seats though. 30, I'm thinking of like. <laughs> 30 years. 30 well, years of having cars people getting thrown out the windows yeah. all the things so then we implement the first one in the back <laughs> this should be the- enough but now now you look at it right and it's just like yeah. you're silly like yeah you put your seatbelt on don't be a fool exactly it took 30 years yeah so we're a little we, slow we are like <laughs> just like look at the energy drink thing right mm-hmm. like schools and monsters and all these things right how can we look at that in a much shorter amount of time than let's say cigarettes and go, there's no way that's healthy. If you get outside of take COVID and kind of put that on the shelf for a second, if you look at our country, diabetes is going to kill everybody. Yeah. Not a sugar we consume Mm -hmm. and all the new sugar and condensed sugar molecules, our bodies can't break them down. Yeah. That's why you're seeing the number one cancer on the rise right now is colon cancer in males 25 to 35. You used to never get tested for that until you were 40. 
But now mm-hmm. you're seeing all these young people growing up on fast food, not yeah. fast food when we were little, because Taco Bell and McDonald's was still serving real food. Yeah. Now everything is processed. Mm-hmm. Everything, sugar is in everything. Soy is in everything. Yeah. And it, I mean, to me, you look at cancer and diabetes, those two things go hand in hand. And that's what's killing. I mean, I know COVID's scary and all that shit, but you look at most people that died from COVID, they were pre-diabetic or yeah. diabetic and, you know, they weren't taking care of their bodies. And so yeah. that's where it's like, I hope we get to a position to where we can go, hey, yeah, it's important to wear a mask. Absolutely. Let's be clean. Let's do all these things. But let's also talk about exercise. Yes. Let's talk about proper nutrition. Oh my God. That's what I've been saying. Oh. Like since COVID happened, I'm like, it's making you look at how you live your life on a day-to-day basis. Like what are you consuming and how are you, how active are you? How clean are you? Uh, and I think the other thing too is just about movement and yeah. you're, you're doing something every day. Yeah. It, and that could be something little. And, and this is coming from somebody that's single and has no kids. So it's like, I have to, <laughs> so it's like, you have to force yourself to go outside and do shit. <laughs> like, well, you're an idiot. You don't know. Right. Three kids and two jobs and a husband and like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but I just think it's important to, I think going back to, what you were saying, I think, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I think it's important to find your passion and I think it's important to, to be conscious about what you're doing mm-hmm. and genuinely yeah. think whether that's through meditation or exercise. I mean, I kind of exercise and meditation a lot of the times go really hand in hand for me. I'm a big swimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I swim, you know, it's a time for me to really kind of deep dive into to who I am and what I want. And I think, I think, that needs to be something that you check in with all the time, not this, Oh, I check in and try to make new year's resolutions or whatever. I think yeah. it's important to, to check in, right. It's important to get your car, you know, your oil changed, right. It's important to, to update your software, to do all these things to me, checking in with yourself and being aware and, and all those, I mean, those two things, finding your passion and making sure that you're checking in with yourself. Right. Because otherwise you get on autopilot and you're just doing the same thing over and over again and you're not, yeah. You do life and then you wake up and it's five years later. Right, exactly. So I wanted to real quickly ask you, before I forget, you have a podcast too because, you know, you might not have children, but you seem to like birth other things. (laughs) Yeah. So what's the podcast? (laughs) He doesn't need a woman to birth things. (laughs) (laughs) That's his his new mission. You don't don't need need a a woman. woman. My sister, well, I have my adopted sister, Grace, is a sophomore at San Diego State. Um, and then my biological sister, Carly, is a uh, um, mother of two, lives in Ojai. So, um, yeah, I'm sure they're, yeah. <laughs> Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, we'll get in that. We're going to read Matt after this during our intuitive hits. Yeah, the podcast thing, um, like I said, I'm a fan of Joe Rogan. And had really gotten, wasn't into podcasts at all, probably two years ago, would listen to them every now and again, if there was like a favorite person or whatever. But I've got like three or four that I really listen to all the time. And most of them are kind of long form, kind of open conversations. And I think there's something lost with like communication because we do so much email and text message and stuff now. Mm-hmm. I think the attractiveness of the podcast is just to kind of be a part of a conversation. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've been so lucky in my life to have a lot of interesting, cool people that I've gotten to know or become friends with. And so 
Um, I kind of had this idea that I wanted to have a podcast for a long time, but it just was something that was like, Hey, I'll get to it when I get to it. And so when COVID happened, I was like, <laughs> perfect okay. timing. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. It's an easy ask. Most people kind of have the time right now. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I'm 17 episodes in. And wow. Like I won't, I really don't care if people listen or not. It's so <laughs> fun selfishly. Yeah. Have these conversations with my friends. Like the podcast that I'm dropping tomorrow is with mm. my Ashley. She's the first uh, black woman to play on the women's water polo team. She won a gold medal in awesome. Rio, I believe. She's the goalkeeper. She's basically um, re-engineered how you play that position. Um, mm. Did her undergrad at Princeton. She's one of six, like incredible human being. And I met her through like one of my other friends and now we've become friends. And so that's kind of the, how I'm getting people on the podcast. The pod podcast is called humans. Um, Ooh, I, love that. I couldn't come up with a better name. And I just like, <laughs> I think this is sick. Like I just want to talk to my friends that are humans that are doing cool shit. And yeah. you know, I have people from entrepreneurs to students to all types of, you know, business people, obviously, but uh, more than anything else, it's just, people that I'm inspired by and mm. me that's been like the the coolest thing is just to sit down for an hour or two with these people that I have in my life and look we we all live 15 seconds at a time we have yeah. so much shit going on all the time this is like an excuse for me to go hey I just want an hour give me yeah. an hour and sometimes they're emotional and in-depth and we're talking heavy stuff and then I have a couple friends that come on and we just talk sports and it's bullshit like yeah fact check anything like it's just this very open dialogue and so for me um yeah I would love to have listeners and I do have a couple so far but um it's the idea that I get to have these conversations with my friends and I get to record them and have them forever that's yeah. the mm. cool part it's interesting you said that because Brian Grazer wrote a book about being the curious mind and the producer and he just said how he got into producing and movie making was he just wanted to understand like how did so and so an astronaut or a, a performer like how, how does that work? You want to know how it works? Yeah. To me, that's what's fueled everything in my life is that curiosity, right? Yeah. And probably arrogance of going, I can fucking do that. Like <laughs> that's how my brain works. I kind of yeah. go like, oh, okay, it can't be that hard. I'll figure it out. And sometimes mm-hmm. ignorance is bliss. Um, but, At least it makes you jump off. It's a, it's like a little bit of the gas that makes you go, oh, I can do it. And you jump why, and you're like, oh, shit. Why would you not? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. What else are we going to do? Like, exactly. I look at this thing. Okay. Like, I do. I have a million fucking things going on in my life. And people go, <laughs> how do you have time? Or why do you have so many things? You'd be better off just doing one thing. First of all, fuck off. <laughs> Second of all, like... If I had one thing going on, I would spin off into oblivion. Yeah. My brain doesn't work like that. Totally. My brain has to be doing one thing and thinking about five others. No, oh, that's how because I work too. Oh my God. That's how I process stuff. Um, yeah. So what is, yeah. Sorry, I'm totally jumping in because I, I saw something that's unique. I just heard it right there with you, Matt. The arrogance. Now, arrogance, it's because I, what I love about you is you're not scared to use bold language like I'm selfish like I'm arrogant which can be a very testosterone language but given yes. your you've got a lot of it um but how <laughs> if you were to like gift that to someone like how does someone tap in 
to their own arrogance. Like if there's a boldness, there's a, yeah, I can do this. Like how would you, yeah. How would you coach someone to tap into that for themselves? And so let me be clear on this. There's a huge separation between arrogance and confidence and where I try to live is somewhere in between the two. Okay. It's a pretty razor thin space. Great. Yeah. And that's where I try to live my life, right? I try to keep my ego in there somewhere. Now, sometimes it goes way far that way. Sometimes it goes way far this way. Like, yeah. especially when you're forming something new, it's like, oh, I've got this great idea. And you get into it and you're like, actually, this is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you really back in, you're like, okay. And then you have confidence again. And then maybe it's too much confidence. And so I try to just live somewhere in between um, that space. And I think it's so important because you know, we, we live in a very PC society now and mm, yeah. nobody wants to offend anybody and nobody uh-huh. wants, and look, we all want equality and we all want opportunity for everybody, but life ain't fair. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it, <laughs> we're trying to make it that way. And it's not like, yeah. if I would have been six, six, I'd probably be a professional athlete at this point, but I'm not, I'm six feet mm-hmm. tall and kind of slow and wasn't in the cards. Right. Yeah. So, with that said, especially with the, with the interweb and the internet mm. and all the bullshit that we have, right? Everybody's trying to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you this, tell you about this, come to my seminar, listen to my podcast, join my nonprofit. Everybody's doing that shit, right? Mm. And it is what it is. That's not changing. I think it's a cool time to, to be alive because there's so much opportunity to build and create and grow. But if you don't believe in yourself first, why should anybody else believe in you? Yeah. Well, no one is going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. You're no. just going to get that reflection back to you because everything is a giant mirror. So, like, when people ask me about something or I hear people talk about their own brands or talk about what they're trying to do, if you're not jumping out of your seat, if you're not screaming to the heavens, if you're not pounding your chest going, this is a fucking sick ass idea. <laughs> I don't want any part of it. Yeah. Life is way too short for average. Like I'd rather crash and burn trying to be a rock star than like live in some vanilla life and, and where you didn't try it all. Yeah. Like I want to do it all. Why would I not? That's the only way you're going to know if you like something or not. It's true. You have to commit fully to it. Well, even right now, right. Kind of a sidebar tangent is like, what is college going to really look like for young people moving forward? I think we're in the figuring that out. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to uh, one of the kids I mentor and he was talking, he's a freshman in college, super articulate. And he's like, I don't know if this makes sense for me. Like uh, anymore. Like my parents aren't sure. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to a pretty big college, you know, and he's, you know, he's got some help, but he's, paying for some and mm-hmm. he's like okay what's the rub and you know he's really got this interest in in being a photographer like a print photographer and um fashion photographer and all those stuff and I said I swear what I would do if I were you and your parents probably shoot me for telling you this I would take a gap year I wouldn't drop out of college I'd take a gap year go find you know name those top 10 people that you would love to work for and see if you can't go get an internship mm-hmm. because here's the thing you might think that's what you want to do. You might go to school for it, get all the education, and then you get into it, 
and you're like, holy shit, this fucking sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and, and then you wasted, so many people do that. you wasted education and money and resources when if you would have got an internship to figure it out early on, you would have been like, ooh, I don't want to be a photographer. I actually want to be like a director or I want to be, you know, in front of the camera or whatever it is. You don't know until you go do these things. And I think the education side of where we've gone, especially from higher education now, it's, you know, when I went to college, it was like, hey, you got to go to school so that you can prove to an employer at some point that you can finish things, that you can show, you know, fortitude, that you can show you know, um, eagerness that you can take initiative, that you can do all these things, right? That's what college was. That's not the world we live in anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I still understand the value of a college education, especially if, you, if you're a young person and you want to be a dentist or a lawyer or a doctor and, and, you know, you need, this is the first step into wherever you're going. I get that. But if you're a young person and you're a creative and, and you're like, ah, oh, I don't know if college is right for me. Like, and you have parents that are maybe going, you have to go to college. Mm-hmm. I don't think I still get the parents' viewpoint, but I also am going. It's just more generation. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. right now, if you do have a great idea and you do have the 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 willingness to commit and to really go for it. I think that's just as valuable as, as potentially as a college education right now, even if you fail and fall on your face, you know, right. talking about things that, that have like negative connotation in our world, failing has turned into this horrible thing. And to me, all the, all the times that I've learned the most was when I failed. Right. We have to experience things in order to huge, learn. Huge Not- in failing and quitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. So with that, if people, Matt, I, your energy, you're awesome. And there's no, I, Matthew, so tell me to shut the fuck up whenever no, you no, I, love, I, I absolutely love listening to you talk. I see why we asked me to be on, but I see that what I can want to acknowledge you for is the, um, there's a, you know, this conscious give back energy, the spirit of giving back, but also not apologetic. And I mm-hmm. think you're finding, when you say that, that laser, the, you said there was a, uh, like a razor thin line between confidence, arrogance, and that you found your place and it might have to, you know, balance it. But I just, I feel like that's something that, you know, when we asked you to be on, we didn't even, I didn't even know you'd be able to offer that to people. Cause there's this, and right. Like you can be giving heart and you can be whatever that is you can be yeah. the shyer person you can be the bold but that oh, you I, believe in yourself in it yes yeah i think Absolutely. that's the thing like i probably use that word too often but it's it, one of our mission words so we like it that is word. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's part of my business part of my business I mean, name everything is so manufactured like everything from yeah I mean, if you're, you know, you're looking at it from like a brand perspective, right? Everything is so curated and so perfect and so manicured. Mm, yes. Messy. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or like grassroots startup, like trying to fucking figure it out. Like those are the things that are so important to me because it's real. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, I think on the last podcast that we did, we talked about music a bunch and yeah. Music's a huge part of my life. It's the first thing I do in the morning, right? I turn on my music. It's probably the last thing I do at night is I turn it off or whatever. And so I kind of take that same, you can look at it kind of as a microcosm, right? There's so much music and so many artists that are just produced, right? 
mm-hmm. record label executive A&R can look at it and go, I can see this for you. I can help create this. And a lot of the times you end up with pop stars, musicians that are like, it would be so much better if they were just themselves rather mm-hmm. than manufacturing a realistic version. And so I think that is what I hate about today's world. It's so easy to manufacture things. Mm. Yes. You know, whether it's your Instagram profile, that's perfect. It's all your highlights, the best light, best version, the best comments, you know, all that shit. Mm -hmm. We think that's, we compare our real lives to people's Mm. highlight reels. Like that's gross. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So, if our listeners want to, they're like, look, I love Matt. I want to, I want to know more. Where could they connect with you? Where could they actually maybe give their resources of time, money, hair? Yeah. Uh, uh, you like that then? Time, money, hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, my Instagram is probably the best place. So it's just Matt okay. 53. Um, but then for a lot of my philanthropic work, I mean, 143 Collective on all platforms, website, everything, we're on there. Um, you know, the beautiful foundation, you know, if you're in that cancer space, if you're a woman looking to give back, whether you, I mean, most of us have dealt with cancer in some way, shape or form. Um, the beautiful foundation, we're very specific in what we do. We, you know, we take hair and we help repurpose that hair for wigs for people that need, you know, extra love and support while they're going through chemo or, or dealing with the ramifications of cancer. Um, so that's a great place to start. Um, you know, and then 143 Collective, that website, um, that Instagram will really kind of give you a, a glimpse into a lot of the work that I'm doing. Um, but my, my regular Instagram feed, you know, my personal one, it's pretty out there and open. And, and, and for me, if you really do want, want to listen to my, my dumbass oh, talk, yeah humans on all the kind of the places that you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple or Anchor or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually the best place. And there's conversations a lot like this where it just kind of goes fucking everywhere. But yeah. usually, at least for me, they've been super entertaining and fun. So um, I encourage people to check that out. I usually have a podcast or two a week and um, there's no real rhyme or reason to anything. It's just kind of like about everything and nothing all at the same time. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all that you're, you know, have created, but also in the spirit of how you've created it. I think that was a big piece. We want people to find the spirit of giving back in that's in their, their own lane, right? That's authentic to themselves. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I think that's what it's about, right? It's about, um, you know, being authentic and is, you know, as overused as it is really just trying to like treat other people how you want to be treated. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone's interested, we're going to read Matt after this, maybe talk a little bit about love of life and all things in my world. Yummy. Uh, (laughs) So hang in there and check it out with intuitive hits in a minute. All right. Awesome.